um, this latest uh, webinar in our series focusing on financial centers of the world. Uh, today, we're uh, taking a look at uh, Montreal, um, and uh, you're very welcome to the webinar. Uh, to explain a bit about the structure, we'll have um, some presentations, um, and there will be some time for some questions at, right at the end of the uh, session. Uh, you'll find in the dashboard, you can see on your screen, uh, there's a questions tab. You can type a question into that um, into that box, um, and we'll try and pick those up and field those uh, towards the end. Um, there'll also be a recording of the session available after the event, and we'll email that out to you. Um, finally, um, there's a handout section in your dashboard, and you'll find a copy of the slides which are uh, being used today uh, in that handout section, uh, so you can follow them through uh, if you need to. So I'm going to move on without delay to introduce today's uh, panel. First of all, we're going to be hearing from Steve Gauthier, um, the Vice President of Corporate Development for Finance Montreal. Uh, Steve um, is going to um, tell us a bit about developments uh, in Montreal and what makes Montreal a particularly special place as a financial center. Um, we'll also hear um, an external view about Montreal from our chairman, Michael Manelli. Um, and as I say, we'll go on to questions at the end of that. So without any further um, you know, from me, I'm going to pass on to Steve. Steve, um, over to you. All right, thank you. Well, welcome uh, to uh, to everyone from my basement here in Montreal. Like the rest of the world, we are on lockdown for now. So uh, my apologies uh, for maybe the uh, it's a bit dark around me, but I'll do my best. Um, essentially, um, this today, um, I don't want to do a, a presentation point by point on everything that is uh, positive and good about the city of Montreal. What I want is to put in place or to, to put forward a thesis of uh, why Montreal. And as you can see on this slide, the title, uh, a ready ecosystem of future state skills at distant cost advantage. Essentially, this is a summary of what it, Montreal is all about. So if you allow me, I will uh, take maybe three points to um, exemplify why uh, Montreal is a radio ecosystem of future skills in financial industry. So the next slide, please. Uh, but first off, uh, I want to introduce uh, properly uh, Finance Montreal. Finance Montreal uh, is an association. We have 47 members in Montreal, the largest financial institutions for three missions. The first one is the FinTech. Then we have also working groups. And also the third mission is the international investment. And this is my division. So we are asked to bring more companies to locate activities in Montreal. Um, the next slide is about the fast facts about Montreal, uh, just for your reading maybe. Uh, it will help you to understand the G7 quality of uh, my city. So the, the, the thesis, uh, if we go to page uh, five now, yeah, this is the, 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 the fast facts about the, the city of Montreal. Uh, the thesis that I just mentioned, I want to emphasize three points with you, to nail three points uh, to, for you to understand what it means, essentially. On page six, you're going to see my first point that I want to make a, you aware of is that Montreal is a G7 well-established a financial city with uh, all the bank, about 110,000 people in finance. It is the second largest industry in the city. The first one is IT. So you see the numbers here. We have 
a significant banking industry, the same with the instruments, the same with for capital markets. Uh, the professional designations are the same as you will find in New York and London. So it's an Anglo-Saxon industry. You have the numbers of professionals because talent is a big thing uh, for sure now uh, in our industry. And as you can see, the numbers here are professional associations here locally. Uh, just to give you an idea, uh, New York is larger than Montreal, seven times larger than Montreal, but they don't have seven times more of those professionals in New York. For example, accountants, they have less than two times more accountants in New York City than we have up here. The same with the CFAs. They are, don't have seven times more CFAs. They have a few, three times, I think, more CFAs than Montreal. So all things being equal, the talent for a smaller financial hub is as good as you will find in any tier one city. Uh, the only, as you can see here, the banking industry is well established, all the Canadian banks for sure. We have about 200 foreign affiliates also located in the city, going from Morgan Stanley to State Street to PICTE. Uh, all the insurance, all the big Canadian insurance companies are here, some Americans as well, some Europeans. Uh, in terms of pension funds, it's a brand and well-known in Canada. All the big pension funds, half of them are located also in the city. And the Montreal Exchange specialized in derivatives is also uh, here in Montreal. When you trade derivatives, by the way, in Boston, London, Frankfurt, it's all on software developed and maintained at the Montreal Exchange. So they are specialists of derivative trading. So this is the first point that I want to make. Why it's already ecosystem is because it's a G7, well-established, well-diversified. We have about 5,000 students a year in finance, in accounting. So we produce more talent that we can hire locally. So that's why we are welcoming company to come and locate activities up here. So that's the first point that I want to make clear with you. The second point, if we go to more page seven, it's a challenge. Uh, it's a challenge and I'm throwing at you, uh, dear customers. <laughs> uh, here at the bottom is the, the box at the bottom of the page that is the most relevant. That is that uh, with FinTech, with AI, with advanced analytics, guess what? Cost hubs, just to cut costs is no longer enough. Now what matters is talent for smart automation to use analytics to enhance your customer's experience. So this is a trend that is not for the future. It's right here today. That's why here, when I go, for example, and I'll pick, I hope I don't have a JP Morgan executive on the line today, but let's say I meet with JP Morgan. They chose Plano, Texas a few years ago in the suburb of Dallas. I come to them and I say, hey, I'm sure that going to Plano was 10 years, 15 years ago, good decision. But guess what? With FinTech, AI, and so on, you have no choice to rethink your geography. You have no choice to reconsider your location strategy. And this is why Montreal can have a, a role to enhance what you already have in Plano, Texas. The same with Goldman Sachs with uh, Salt Lake City. Montreal, I don't want to be perceived as a threat to their location. I want to be perceived and understood as an enhancement to what they already have. So if we go to page eight, you will see that this trend is already reality. Because on page eight, it's a definition, it's a, a description of all the function of one of my good clients here in Montreal. So they do things like in the upper left from uh, uh, support to front office, to the bottom right to cybersecurity, first line and second line with middle office, data governance. They do a lot of things here in Montreal. But in the red circle, this is the key fact that I want to show you is that among their staff, 
60% of them are millennials, 36% are X generations, and only 4% baby boomer. So it means that this company using Montreal talent, Montreal youth, is, I think, better positioned to provide innovation into their processes and to respond better to their clients, to, to their global client responsiveness with new tools and new services. And again, the average age in this share service is about 34 years old. And this is significant because the other day with my uh, US, uh, not US, but my UK representative in London, we met with a company that kindly volunteered to us that the average age in operation was 53 years old. The average age in IT was 52 years old. I just showed this slide saying, sir, you have no choice to reconsider because with this kind of uh, distribution of labor force, my client in Montreal has a better cost structure and as I said, better position to bring innovation and to bring better responsiveness to their customers. So this is the challenge for you out there. You have no choice to reconsider your location strategy. The third point that I wanna make if we go to page nine, it's about Montreal, why Montreal makes sense to rethink your strategy, to redo your deployment. And this is the, the bars at the bottom of the page are just the number of the percentage of AI talent in those cities. So if you use LinkedIn, you go to San Francisco and you do a research on AI talent, you get about 3.67% of people on LinkedIn in San Francisco with an AI skill. You do the same for those cities and you see Montreal is second to Boston. And then look at New York, look at Chicago. We are even ahead of those tier one cities. And when you compare Montreal with a tier two city like Phoenix, in this example, it's Phoenix in Arizona. It's not the same ballgame, if you allow me this American expression. So you see San Francisco in AI is a special case. Boston is very strong. But what is the third city? It's my city. The next slide, again, on talent. This one is a little bit more maybe on the finance. It's about quant. When you look at the numbers here again, it's a percentage of the financial industry with quant skills. Boston is number one. London is second. Montreal is third. A lot of people think that Paris, they have a lot of mathematical uh, background over there that they should be ahead of everybody. But look, Montreal, we don't have to be shy compared to any tier one city. You have Chicago and New York the same. And the same point is true with tier two cities. This time again is Dallas and Phoenix. They are lagging a bit behind. So why Montreal makes sense? First one is about talent. The second one on the next page, you will see the different transformation model that we have in Montreal. On the left-hand side is more the traditional utility odd model. We have only one client on this model. Most of our clients are using Montreal with the right inside model that is that the head office is sending some function in montreal the montreal team is working with an innovation team operation team and they work with the ecosystem in smart automation in fintech in with universities to improve the process for example a few i, I think a year and a half ago i had an executive from new york visiting he was sending montreal compliance work with an innovation team he said steve what the, the compliance you're going to do in Montreal will be more avant-garde than what we're going, to, we're going to be doing in New York. Is it okay with you, even though the team in Montreal will be a bit smaller? It's exactly what we want. 
we want to be more avant-garde and we hope that this uh, group in Montreal will grow while the, the headcount in New York will might uh, go down through the years and maybe they will send more than compliance in the next few years. And sometimes with our clients on the right-hand side, sometimes they decide after improving a process to ship it back to maybe to India where it's a little bit low cost, but this is exactly the model what we want. They want the clients to use the global strength that we have in the city, and then it's their decision to keep the function in Montreal or to redeploy it. But our hope is to bring more and more of those processes to be uh, put uh, forward. So this is the second reason why Montreal makes sense. The next page, uh, it's about cost. When you look, this is a model with 125 people working in a middle office operations with innovation. So part of the jobs are IT, part of most of them are finance. You see that uh, the difference in cost between Montreal and New York is simple to double. New York is twice as expensive as Montreal. The same with London, 62%. Continental Europe is 50%. A U.S. tier two city like Dallas, as Phoenix, like Jacksonville is 40%. So you see with Montreal, you get this, as I explained, the G7 industry with a very strong, uh, I would say, uh, talent pool with technology in a very competitive cost environment. And on the following page, this is almost my conclusion on cost, is that um, uh, you see on this graph, on the x-axis, it's a cost study done by Boyd Company. It's a site locator in Princeton, New Jersey. So on the left, it's low cost. On the right, it's high cost. On the y-axis is the quality of a financial center, as per Chaput and Alder, and the consulting firm in finance based in um, Geneva. And as you can see, London or New York, let's pick on New York, you have it all. It's very expensive and it's good quality. The same with London. Expensive, very good quality. Boston, the same quadrant. We plotted 60 cities. The only city that was in the quadrant where Montreal is, is Montreal, where you have this balanced approach of a quality like a Boston at a fraction of a price cheaper than a Jacksonville, a tier two US, a little bit more expensive in this example than Warsaw, but with all due respect, Warsaw will change in a few years when the UU will stop to do all their public investment over there. But you see, it's the only city out of 60 in the upper left quadrant. And this is the balance approach you will have in Montreal. And all your business needs that you have to be successful, we have a good story and a good solution. And the bottom line, this is where we differentiate. So our approach is very well balanced. On the next page, why Montreal makes sense? Essentially, it's, a, it's, a, it's an invitation to work with us. We extend a hand to work with us to understand your situation analysis, to understand your strategies, and for us to design the best solution for you, for your operations, uh, global operations. Uh, at the bottom of the page, we have one representative in the UK and Europe, James Pitcher. I think on the line this morning, we have two representatives in New York, Serge Sondak and also Stefan Lawandi. So we're five people because I have also Bruno with me in Montreal. So we have five people willing 
to meet with you, to have a meaningful conversation about your needs, your problems, your situation, your strategies, and design with you the best solution to uh, be a little bit more avant-garde with a very good cost structure. So that was the presentation that I wanted to make, the thesis that I wanted to showcase to you, the rate ecosystem of future state skills at a fraction of the cost compared to other financial centers. All right, thank you for your attention. And now to Michael, I guess. Thank you very much, Steve. So, uh, Michael Murley, on to you. Well, uh, thank you very much, uh, Mike. And in particular, thank you, Steve. That was an extremely uh, cogent and direct presentation on uh, selling Montreal and its advantages. Um, I just wanted to provide a couple of uh, sort of perspective points. Obviously, running the Global Financial Centers Index means that uh, we tend to take a, a high-level view of centers around the world and compare them. Montreal is interesting uh, for me for a variety of reasons. Uh, one of the one of the uh, key elements is just simply its consistency. It's always been between about 18th and 28th in the Global Financial Centers Index (GFCI), and it is just barely outside of the uh, top 10 in the world. Uh, the scale is a thousand-point scale, and Montreal's 28 points outside of it. So it's very much clustering there, and is often overlooked. Uh, you can gather from my accent, it's one of those centers you sort of think about. But in reality, it's uh, far stronger than we gave it credit for when we began uh, this index some 15 years ago. And it has always placed well. Um, it's particularly placed well in areas like investment management, insurance, and professional services. So a lot of people who work on trading floors and things may not see Montreal as a financial center, but it most clearly is, and a very strong one at that. Uh, obviously, it's a connected city. Uh, obviously, as uh, Steve emphasized, uh, tremendous quality of talent. And I want to come back to that in my final remarks. Uh, and finally, as you go around the world, there are definitely uh, only a handful of themes amongst financial centers. So uh, they clearly compete on their connectivity. They can uh, clearly compete on cost. Uh, but as you get into deeper themes, uh, green finance comes up repeatedly as does big data AI, as does FinTech. Those are the kind of themes that somebody who's promoting a center can do something about. Uh, and Montreal within North America, which unfortunately does score poorly overall in the Global Green Finance Index, nevertheless is the strongest uh, in North America uh, with the uh, its top of the table both for uh, depth and also to some degree, uh, well certainly in North America, uh, for quality. Um, and overall, in the world, it's it's ninth. So it's a fantastic position to be in and to grow from. Mike, the next slide. So what I would uh, like to take a, a, as a point of view on um, its strengths, uh, Steve has emphasized them, but it turns up in the data, a great business environment uh, way up there in the top 10 in the world, uh, very good infrastructure. And with the moves most recently, as you'll have seen, Microsoft and others turning more assertively towards open data than they have, and, and quite recently, its open its approach to open data, which is amongst the best, is going to is going to put it in a good competitive position. I won't uh, go through the business environment uh, elements or the, so the best countries index elements. You can get those in detail on the Global Financial Centers Index website. Uh, so, so do go there and have a look at it. But I think it's really this human capital factor that I would stress. 
It's a, a place, as, as Steve pointed out to you, when you compare basically quality of, uh, of life and cost, it, it occupies its own quadrant. It's sui generis, if you will. Um, I'd then just like to turn to my closing slide, if I might, uh, and that is, what's the future uh, bring? Well, there's certainly been a tremendous amount of discussion on what is the future of financial services, in, and in particular, uh, post-coronavirus. Mike, that's the next slide, please. Thank you. Um, and the reason I emphasize this is that there is certainly apocalyptic talk. Um, the flat that I occupy here, uh, I look out on one side on Canary Wharf and the other side on the city of London, and it's extremely clear that some people are going to wake up post-coronavirus and say, oh, those are some pretty expensive places to maintain for seven or eight weeks with nobody in them, and why am I reopening them so that my staff can have coffee together? I think we're going to be seeing some major rethinks. But this does not mean uh, the end of financial centers or their importance. It means there's much transformation ahead. And so the emphasis that Steve placed on AI, on big data, and all those sorts of capabilities, as well as, I suspect, people looking for more resilience by distributing their operations, means that that hub model uh, might not be uh, the one for the future. And the model that Steve both has and is promoting is likely to be adopted, I suspect, by more people and distribute things uh, around the place. It's always been tough for us in uh, the GFCI because we do tend to find that there's a big distinction between uh, distributed uh, entities, uh, federal countries like Canada, uh, like America, like Germany, and the traditional models of France or, 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 or the UK, uh, where you've got this highly high centralization. And Montreal has been thriving in a decentralized environment for decades, and that, that bodes, I think, very well for it. So um, sadly, uh, it may be an external view, but it very much underscores uh, Steve's point of view uh, that the connectivity will remain important. This focus on AI and fintech is good. Its position on green finance in North America gives it excellent positioning. And uh, I'll leave it to Steve to focus on the cost advantage and the talent pool. But we have been watching Montreal, as I say, for 15 years with great interest. And I think it is uh, an underrated center by many people and certainly one that might have a, a glittering future ahead of it. Thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, Michael. Um, we have some time uh, for questions. I've got a couple of questions have come in already. Um, and if I may, I'll start um, uh, with a question we've been asked. It's uh, reasonably long, but I'll, I'll read it out. And I think one for you, Steve. Uh, given the pressure on banks to incorporate sort of AI into the compliance function, uh, would US um, or FBO establish an operation in Montreal and utilize the IT ecosystem, um, the talent pool to review the role of AI in compliance? Um, and the, the second part of this question, that some banks are looking to implement operational efficiency and cost mitigation um, as banks are under pressure to manage costs. Um, and could you give an example, I guess, of some of your recent bank clients and um, how they've used operations in Montreal to address those cost pressures? So first of all, um, the AI issue, um, how do you incorporate AI, AI into compliance? Uh, and secondly, an example perhaps of a client who's managed to look at its cost base. Yeah, okay, well, well, thank you for the questions. Um, I'll start off with one example of a bank executive in Montreal that explained to me that um, the average cost of an AI PhD 
working for the bank in Montreal is about $110,000 Canadian per employee. So it's unbelievably cheap. And out of uh, deep learning, uh, I think that the talent pool in uh, deep learning and machine learning applied to finance is about 15, 1,600 people in the city of Montreal for the financial industry. So the talent pool is there. The cost is really, really reasonable. So and in terms of example, again, uh, it's uh, they work. Well, another aspect that I have to mention is that AI talent is competing with different industries. And Finance Montreal, we make sure that we had a group of PhDs and masters in machine learning dedicated to the financial industry every year. So every year we have a group called FinML that will provide you students interested by the financial industry with experience within the finance industry for you to tap into. So the client that I have that came from New York for compliance work is doing tutorials to this FinML group, again, to uh, showcase their uh, projects, but also to staff their team to bring compliance to the next level. Essentially, it's about, um, and again, I'm not an expert, but it's about uh, in the transaction monitoring to have all the positive, the false positive, the, the negative, and so on. So they are able to do it very efficiently here in Montreal. Uh, the same with um, KYC to onboard a client is very time consuming. So they have also processes uh, to do it. So those are kind of example. And again, the key factor also to keep in mind is that although we are in Canada, as I explained, all the professional associations here are Anglo-Saxon. We have an American chapter of the ACAM or, um, professional designation in Montreal. So you have U.S. talent ready also uh, available for you to staff your compliance team. And as I said, we have FinML to provide the AI talent pool to staff also your innovation. That's great. Thank you very much indeed. Um, another question. They're going to be mostly for you, I think, Steve, today. Um, the question is, how much is uh, French language a synergy? Um, is it more efficient? And less costly for a Paris office to deal with Montreal compared with dealing with London or New York. Yeah. Well, the, the French language. How can I say this? Uh, is the listen. Uh, my institutions are British. My way of living is American. But it happens that two millions of Montrealers will speak French as a first language or be bilingual like me. You will have one million first language English. <laughs> And in between, you will have about a million people coming from fourth, fifth generation Italians, Greek, whatever, where they're coming from. So language, it's a skill. It's a positive skills that you have in Montreal. 21% of the population speak three languages. And I see it because my generation, we're bilingual French and English. But the younger generation, they all have three languages. So you see, it's a positive thing. And again, uh, in finance, I would say 99.9% .9 of the people working in finance are bilingual like I am. And all my clients, they serve New York, they serve like Morgan Stanley, they serve all their global GICs out of Montreal. Uh, so language is not really an issue. And again, the mindset is very North American way of conducting business. 
Okay. Um, uh, the, the last question, because I think we're going to be running out of time, but I'd like you both to comment on this. I think um, is the question of how uh, does the COVID-19 crisis uh, impact Montreal as a potential location uh, for uh, for banking in particular? Um, but really, you know, what's the effect of COVID-19 on uh, the way that centres approach uh, business? Well, uh, first off, you have to know that uh, finance was uh, an essential business. So they had all the freedom to do whatever was necessary to conduct the business. Um, our clients, uh, some are 100% working from home. Some are 98%, 99%, 97% is the lowest number I've seen of uh, people working from home. And uh, all my clients told us that uh, the internet infrastructure was good enough. There was no uh, decrease in the speed of the internet through the day. So it was almost, it's a most business as usual. It's a bit undecent to say this in these this time, but it was really business as usual for all my cross-border international finance. The same with the Canadian finance. I think the Canadian banks, as you know, in 2008, they were very strong. They are still strong. They are even stronger. And uh, I think it's a, just a, a leap forward in the future that this crisis is all putting the Canadian banks and also our clients that it's a it's a proof that uh, all the investment they made in IT and all the partnership they did with fintech is paying off because as i said it was almost it it was business as usual but again most of my clients also in the US are telling me that uh, they will assess the performance of their bcp plan in the US and again an example, when you have a U.S. campus, a U.S. model of a campus with three, three or 4,000 people at the same place, that was decided 15 years ago. Again, Montreal can enhance this kind of model with maybe a smaller uh, office in Montreal that will complement what you have and you will diversify your risk. So contrary to Asia, where you had some infrastructure problems, Montreal was business as usual. It's a G7 and it showed and uh, again, it's going to be an opportunity for us to prove to our clients, to uh, well, to um, to uh, be with our clients into their assessment of their strategy, BCP strategy. I'd I'd uh, I'd underscore the the point that uh, Steve is making here, the business continuity planning issues. We we saw this with 9/11, where people began to realize that being too dependent on an area uh, was something they they wanted to avoid. Uh, we're seeing a move again. I, I think we're also seeing a, a move, well, we know we're seeing a move into uh, the digitization yet more of banking, insurance, and, and all other aspects of finance. So as this progresses, uh, you then see that your workforce is much more effectively an IT workforce. And an IT workforce naturally can work more from home and likes working from home in many instances. And so you've got to focus on the quality of life that you give them. Montreal scores very highly on that quality of life factor, which uh, which Steve emphasized. And so uh, I think a combination of people wanting to distribute their, their workforces, their workforces becoming uh, more IT oriented means that you want to retain them and you're going to be a little bit less uptight about distributing them around the world. And I, as I said in my remarks, I believe that Montreal and comparable centers, which offer that type of quality of life for ICT staff, uh, could well thrive post-coronavirus. This does not, by any means, as I said, mean that financial centers are important, aren't important, that they are, and they will be, but for a more and more restricted 
set of business activities, perhaps. Thank you. Okay. Um, uh, while we've been speaking, we've got um, two more questions uh, come in. Um, and we'll just try and cover those very quickly, though we're our minute or so over time. The first one is um, <laughs> effectively how much cheaper is Montreal than Florida, uh, where people have put their eyes? Um, and you may not have to figure on top of your head. Uh, we can always uh, answer these uh, in correspondence afterwards. But uh, any thoughts on that, Steve? Well, compared to Florida, you would say uh, 34, 35 percent less expensive in Montreal compared to Florida, if I remember properly my numbers. But the key thing is that I'll give you just an example. I have a client that chose Jacksonville, Florida a few years ago, and he was explaining that after five, six, seven years, people are starting to retire. And to replace those people at the with very strong expertise, he was not able to find them in Florida. So they had to extend job offers to New Yorkers and to people in Chicago to bring them back again to Florida. So where is the saving? <laughs> And, uh, Steve, okay. <laughs> you should be emphasizing uh, you know, the highest spot in Florida is 300 feet, you know, less than 100 meters. So uh, <laughs> what's, what's, how high above sea level is Montreal? Yeah, exactly. So it's about 100 meters. <laughs> but you see, it's, um, it's a different product. Again, I think if you chose Florida, you will, have, you will need the head office to support more the head office, uh, the, the, the regional office. In Montreal, like Morgan Stanley, they work hand in hand with uh, New York. So I think it's easier. And talent is easier also to attract. Okay, and uh, very last question. Um, are there many data centers available to people working in Montreal? Yeah, the data, data center is uh, it's, uh, 40 in the city because, because of our climate, you know, to uh, in the winter, you just have to open the doors to cool off the uh, computer system. <laughs> it's very easy. So data, data center is very big industry. Uh, the, the world's largest data center is in the suburb of Montreal, not only because of the climate, but the, first of all, of all, we have hydroelectricity, 99% hydroelectricity. So it's a green, renewable energy. So for your brand, is also very good. And the rates are very cheap. I think the rates in Montreal are maybe four times less expensive than the U.S. average. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, there is no issue. And again, the, uh, the, the Latin between Montreal and New York is a fraction of a fraction of a fraction of a second. And it's, uh, it's used by a lot of companies. A lot of companies in New York after Hurricane Sally moved their BCP or backup plan into Montreal. Uh, because also the electricity is on a different grid than uh, New York, Boston region. Hmm. That's wonderful to hear. Thank you very much, Steve. Thank you, Michael. Um, yeah. We've reached the end of the uh, session. Thank you very much for your attention today. Um, just thanks to the sponsors of the Financial Services Club um, listed on this slide. Um, we really do appreciate um, your help. Um, and as I said right at the beginning, this is a series of webinars we're running on financial centers across the world. Uh, we have another one about Gift City Gujarat next week. Um, so please uh, keep in touch with us. Um, and just finally, um, we do run the Global Financial Centers Index and the Global Green Finance Index. Um, if you haven't taken the survey, um, which uh, underpins uh, the index, um, there's a link here uh, where you can find out how to do so. 
Um, finally, we will be sending out um, copies of the recording of this uh, webcam by email. Um, that will also include details of uh, Steve's contacts. Uh, so if there's anything you want to follow up with Steve after the webinar or a, a question you wish you'd asked and you um, remembered uh, after the event, um, you'll be able to get in touch with Steve. And I know he'd be very pleased to uh, hear from you and to discuss uh, opportunities in Montreal for the future. So thank you very much uh, to our panelists. Uh, thank you very much for your attendance. Um, and we will finish the webinar at that point. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Mike.